Hey guys, what is going on this evening? Hey Tommy. What's up, Tommy? Hey, 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 hey. I hate to start with a little bit of bad news, but I have a little bit of bad news. I didn't have the time this week to do my normal level of, uh, of scholarly research to find out what happened on this day in Beatles history. Sad. Yeah. Sad. But luckily, luckily, world-renowned New Zealand musicologist Pete G reached out to me directly to tell me a fact he uncovered about this date. Weirdly, it just so happens it lines up perfectly with the era we are discussing today. Are you guys interested? I mean, well, I yeah. I, 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 ch- I trust PG, so I'm always yeah. chuffed to hear from PG. So, <laughs> what what Pete tells me that on this day in 1966, Paul tried to write a song in honor, and and by the way, because Pete's from New Zealand, he spells honor with the U. So if you happen to see this, that's that's what's going on there. So uh, Paul on this day was trying to write a song in honor. Um, of the of the input of the three Germans who impacted the Beatles' stage presence, their haircuts, the general direction they took in the Hamburg days. Mm-hmm. In the end, unfortunately, the, the the band said that this song that Paul was working on um, it, it it wasn't up to snuff. Rumor is the lyrics ended up being about uppers and schnitzel. So he saw he changed the song to be about his girlfriend at the time, Jane Asher, uh, and, and we know this very well for no one. So great day in Beatles history. What, what were the what were the people's? Oh, the the original. The original, yeah. Oh, you you want to know about the original song? So you know, it was for no one is is the song we got. Um, in, at the end of the day, the the original song was about Paul's good friend Klaus. It was uh, for no man. PG, thank you, Pete. Good evening, my blood of scruffs. Thanks for plugging us into your head tonight because I want to tell you my head is filled with things to say and I know my comrades here feel exactly the same way. Welcome back to Blotto Beatles, celebrated the world over as the leading out-of-your-tree talents of Beatles broadcasting. Welcome to episode 57. I'm Becker and as a reminder, we are the podcast where a couple of friends have a couple of drinks and come together to discuss and rank a single Beatles song. Let me tell you uh, who's here in this great Abbey Road in the cloud. You uh, want to tell me? I do. And you're you're top of my list, bud. I'm checking it off. Best Tommy bud first. first. Co-host second. <laughs> the Woodstock to my helpless. It's Tommy. Oh, my goodness. Every episode that comes up, I'm just honored. Thank you so much, my friend. Great to see you. You were on vacation. It's great to have you back in the Continental. No tan lines, right? Right, well, because you, you you care about melanoma and uh, <laughs> that's true. Things I like that. as, as glaringly white and pink as I ever was. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, pe- people of Irish descent like we need to 
be very cautious in the hot Caribbean sun. So <laughs> yeah, I'm glad so. to see you are. I'm glad to see through you right now. And uh, it's great to be here again. I was uh, I was on vacation. And I was I was by the pool a bunch, and my poolside beachside wardrobe is exactly aligned with what. Uh, eighty-year-old women are wearing in the oh, Caribbean right okay. now. I, th- I thought you were going to say your normal I'm wardrobe. Well I thought you were like a buffalo plaid <laughs> swim shirt these days, <laughs> which no, actually I I'm, can't believe you don't have. <laughs> I'm well in touch with a wide brim straw hat, uh, a billowy <laughs> white blouse, and yeah. uh, <laughs> some uh, some 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 short capri pants. But uh, hey, it's good to be back. Let's get to it. it. it it's uh, it is it is. I missed you guys. Um, he's my Husker dude. But you know him as the George Martin of New England. New That's England. That's executive producer, Scott AC. Everybody, how are you, my man? Whoa. I, like I didn't it. give you a good... Hold on. He's the George Martin of New England. England. Yeah, yeah. I kind of just steamrolled through it, you know. So, uh, hey, bud. Miss you? I haven't seen you in person in a while, I don't think. Yeah, it's been a while, huh? Yeah. This, it's been a while. Calendar, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll fix that, I think. Uh, and, of course, we have Masterful Music Supervisor, R.B., as always, that B stands for Beatles, and tonight uh, I'm going to propose a test because I also think that once again that B stands for birthday. So please join me in raising a glass to a man I admire and one who demands some celebration. It's Mister Thomas' birthday in a couple days. Thomas, oh thank you, thank you. My birthday is coming up in a couple of days. Thank you, thank you for the recognition, y'all. I, I, I don't, I don't that. expect I'll see you on your birthday, so I wanted to take oh, this time really? to say happy birthday. Well, that is awkward. I was. Um, we did the fans on the road, uh, fans on the fans on the run pod. Yeah, it came out. It, it, it came actually out. came out before the last episode when we said it was coming out. So yeah, that was a ton of fun. That was a ton yeah. of fun. I got to listen to it back. I hope that. Um, you would listen to us over there. Um, we do talk about things that are... Ethan does a great job. He does. He does. It was fun to hang out with him, so that was great. It was. It's, it, it is also fun being like a guest and like turning the chairs a bit and, you know, you, it's a different experience. Yeah, it's nice. Gotta I'd like to just guest all the shit. time. Yeah. So... If I could ditch these guys and you guys would just let me guest in all the Beatles pods, I'm interested. Oh, I'm on I'm on Doughboys tomorrow, and I'm doing <laughs> Marin later this week. <laughs> what is Doughboys? Doughboys is a, a, a podcast about food. You don't know about oh, Doughboys? Right. It's very yeah, popular. Sounds good. Yeah, well, that, but anyway, I'm gonna be yeah. I'm gonna be on Marin later this week. Um, and now I'm doing uh they're they're doing actually a an entire season of serial about me. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> Tommy, that's Wait, what? <laughs> no, they say any publicity is good publicity. No, 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 don't, don't go on that. Yeah, <laughs> it's not good at all. Shit, I signed a bunch. I of will say, I did unless, take vacation. Unless we get a bunch of listens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unless we're as big as cereal. Uh, I made a bunch of Steely Dan promises to to you guys as as podcast yep. friends and and to the listeners, and we got you a did. couple of messages about it. We got a nice tweet today where it was like. Hey, if you guys are into the Beatles and Steely Dan, like all you need are disco biscuits and you're my perfect podcast. I don't know what a disco biscuit is, but I, I will Google it. Um, <laughs> I'm having trouble with Steely Dan. My God. Like I had some <laughs> beach time. I really I had some airplane time. Like I really, I listen to Gaucho. I listen to Asia. Like, I don't know guys. Like I'm just not sure what it is. Like, it's like, 
it's probably not for me. I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep trying. I said I would. this is the year of Steely Dan. You know, it's the the Chinese New Year. It's Ste- the, it's Steely the, Dan. Steely Dan is the, the animal of the year, I think. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to call you Steely Dandrew this year. Because <laughs> yeah. that is your first name. <laughs> Uh, I'm having troubles. So like, I, I need a, I need a steely Sherpa. And if anyone's around, I'm interested, like, t- like take me, take me up the mountain. Um, I'm still open. I'm still like an open vessel, but I'm, I'm having problems. So lastly speaking, I received a package, uh, in my absence and I was going to open it up on, on the pod here and, and oh, let you know what's right now. On. Right now. I happen to know. This is I didn't for get the bottoms. <laughs> I didn't get a package right now, Scotty. I don't have Para los know, Saturday night delivery, but uh. it drones like landing at your side <laughs> so, of the window. I did, is it um, ticking? Oh yeah, just open it for us. Thank you. <laughs> um, Rip. I did Rip. get a package from from Chris Weber, who sent us a a couple of treats earlier, and I had been saving that package for us to be together because I was like, oh, I, I don't want to eat these treats. But then he sent this package. And was like, oh, don't don't let these these pies sit around. So I, I just opened this, and it is a package of New Orleans treats. There's a whoa. couple of uh, Zaps pretzel whoa, whoa, whoa. sticks. We've had much pretzel debate, so I'm not going to open these pretzels <sighs> until we're together. Okay. But we have Freaking these Bachman. These I, I feel like I'm probably not saying it right because like everything is different in New Orleans. It's like the way we don't know how to pronounce anything in Beatlesdom. But these Hubig's hand pies, which are, appear to be these little. Uh, Oh, he, he BJ's <laughs> fried little uh, delights. I have a couple of he, he sent four. There's enough for everyone here. There's two lemon and there's two apple. Uh, and, and I hope to see you before these go bad or they all end up in my body. But, um, you know, check in with me <laughs> in a little bit. But I, I might be munching on these. So thank you, Chris, for sending. Thank you. Box thank you, Chris. Wow, oh, man. So that's what they we may be address. eating. That is what we may be eating in the future. Do you guys want to talk oh, about? I will we, be eating it very, very. What, what we are <laughs> very currently drinking? <laughs> Once Would again, like Chris. Ta- Chris, thank you for sending those pretzels, which are just the best podcast food. You're you are all going to hear that we should be munching pretzels. Yeah, next time send peanuts. That, that worked well. Last time. <laughs> um, so that was what we may be eating. You guys want to talk about what we are currently drinking right now? Absolutely. Love yeah. To. So. Um, I started the evening with a Maker's Mark whiskey, just on the rocks, just something simple. I'm on to, once again, New Year, New Tommy, on to the Night Shift Nightlight beer. And see the pounds falling right off. Right, yeah, the the Craft Light beer, of course, in the cooler also. I've got right next to it, and and, in terms of calories, right next to it, too. The official, the white can. The Devil's Purse, the official beer of Blotto Beatles, is going to be coming out at some point. And without further ado, RB, what do you have in your cups this evening? All right. I, well, it's not a cup. It's in a can. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is from River Roost, which is my most local spot in White River Junction. It's called oh. Rise of the Dahu. Nice. Uh, and that's a double IPA. And then I've got this uh, Zero Gravity Lager. Uh, Green State oh, yeah. Lager. Oh, that's a good one. That's a keeper right there. Good drinker. Old school looking can too. I like that. Uh, and I've got this this other one kicking around for uh, for later. But this is another IPA from Foam called Like Clockwork. Nice. RB, I saw you do a shot earlier in honor. Oh, of yep. Birthday. I got I got my birthday. Uh, got got a oh, bottle the bu- of bullet the over bullet. here. The bullet. The bullet. 
Yeah. Michael Robert Boulay. Scotty, what are you drinking tonight? I got Tisdale red wine. Five ninety nine. It used to be right out of the bottle. Used to be two. They're up to five ninety nine right now. I know. Thanks, Blaine. Right out the bottle. Uh, all right, Becker. Becker, what do you got tonight? Uh, I am drinking some burial beers. I think I mentioned that I I I, I got the uh, a motherload of brews gifted upon me around Christmas. So out of uh, North Carolina and Asheville, I'm drinking the burial brews. And then today, all day, I was like, I'm just gonna drink Manhattans because I I was. Maybe you guys didn't hear, but I was in the islands and oh, she's there, a, I, he's an island boy now. <laughs> I was primarily drinking fruity beach pool drinks, and and my wife and I had just gotten gin in the room, so we we're doing a bunch of gin and tonic. So I'd been missing brown liquor. I'm like, I'm gonna make Manhattan's tonight. I had no vermouth in my house because Tommy drank all of it when we went away on New Year's Eve, and um, I he, disagree he didn't, with that statement. Not, has not sent me another bottle, and so everything's fine. I didn't, we're not. We're not. I Venmoed you seven dollars. <laughs> and then I totally forgot that I had a bottle of Bully Boy pre-mixed Manhattan. What? Oh, uh, all Tommy's fault. Oh, here we go. <laughs> and so I pulled that out, and I've been uh, been drinking that this evening. And they make a fantastic pre-bottled Manhattan. And I started this podcast sort of being a little anti. Uh, cocktail and a bottle drinks because they cost yeah. as much as sort of like drinking whiskey and then now sort of my laziness is taking over i'm like oh this is pretty nice to just pour out a great manhattan over an ice cube and 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 just pot away so that is what we are drinking this evening and i wish i knew the band we were talking about though does anyone don't? know oh, the band you... we are talking about this evening it, it's silly dan right <laughs> it's or, I'd love to say is it I the band doing... is it the band you saw in Aruba named Steely Drum Dan? <laughs> is that the band we're gonna <laughs> that that was going on? And I did walk by a steel drum band, a steel drum man playing Kokomo at the. Uh, oh my god, that's the like, dream! Right, in the, <laughs> that is the, the heart dream. of the tourist district yeah. at the end of my evening. I was uh, just walking through. I'm like, oh man, like this is this is too on the nose for me, you know. So, but I mean, so if anyway, you don't know who the Beatles are, Tommy, like, and I think you do, but you would say like, at the time the Beatles were coming up, there were just so many like bands swirling around the scene at the time, right? Like, it's 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 amazing that the Beatles could rise up and sort of break through the noise. Like, you would agree? Yeah, with that makes that, sense. Right? There was a there was an invasion. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah, exactly. This invasion out of Seattle, you know, and they just came out and they Wait, they did no, all they could was, to to conquer uh, the world, Britain. you know. So formed after the demise Maybe of George Harrison's earlier band Mother Love Bone, they broke into mainstream with their debut that remained in the Billboard 200 for oh, over God, five I years. I mean, here. that's amazing. The Beatles would do that, you know. Their follow up release sold nearly a million copies in the first week. You know, one of the key bands from the grunge movement. The band fought it out with Ticketmaster. Ultimately shunning MTV, all while continuing to become one of the biggest live acts over the last it's... twenty years, which begs the question: alternative to what, man? <laughs> you like these guys? You know these albums, right? Oh, you, you know, yeah, here we go. I, uh, you know, some... Gold Ten Slumbers. She's Levitology Home. <laughs> She's Levitology Home. Back in the Versus SSR. 
You like these ones? Oh, you're more yeah. of a live record guy, and I get this. Alive at the BBC? Are you into that one? Or are you I just like, like into the? You're into the hits. You're into the yeah. hits, Tommy. You know, Martha, my dear view I'm mirror. I like the hits. I... Yeah, Norwegian wood. <laughs> this bird has even flown. You like this one? <laughs> I know you do. Everybody's got something to hide except for me and Jeremiah Monkey. <laughs> Sorry. sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's getting better, man. Uh, dot her majesty. Uh, I should have known better. You know that one. It's getting better. <laughs> that's good. That's, that's good. good. That's, that's good. good. That's good. I Blue Jam Way. <laughs> Thank you, Pearl. Thank you, Pearl. Uh, and uh, I, I jam the walrus. That one's great. We all love. Yeah. Hey, hey, I jam dude, the walrus. You're not. I am. Talking right? about. On the nose. The Beatles. You're talking about the the band that, like, maybe in in 1992 or three, I did say was my favorite band yeah. when Nirvana was out. I said this was my favorite band. You're talking about Pearl Jam, man. I doubt it. Oh, they did that song. I, I got I a feeling, right? I think it's true. <laughs> and like, if we were to like, and so I have some Pearl Jam knowledge in like early. Pearl Jam, I, I've definitely fallen off, um, but I have some early Pearl Jam knowledge, and, and I think if we were to start a Pearl Jam drinking podcast, we might call it Corda Rob Roy. <laughs> uh, we might also call it Beer Vin Flow, <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe Wow, you're prepared. Uh, no, I'm not at all. Uh, it was I- Immortality Long Island Iced Tea. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I came up with. But um, I have a real, this is what I'm a little more prepared for. Like, usually I'm like, oh, I'm not that familiar. I have a real, like, love-hate relationship with Pearl Jam. It's funny that your impersonation of yourself makes you sound so doofy. I'm very I normally doofy. would have been like, I don't know what I would say. No, yeah, exactly. I'm, very, I'm a doofy dude. But, like, I don't Pearl Jam, I, I haven't, thank you. I have a love-hate relationship with Pearl Jam in a way that, like, 10 came out at a time when I needed to grab onto something as a youth, right? Like, I I was probably 12 years old, and they had, like, three swears on that record. And you're like, this is, like, a little dangerous and, like, different than what I know, which what I knew at that time was the Simpsons sing the blues. And... (laughs) You know, and then and then you get to something like verses and vitology, and I do believe they are trying to be artists. Yeah. At that point in time, like I, I, I think they are trying to push through, like a, a mainstream culture and an even like an, an alternative or punk culture that's become mainstream, and like trying to do their own thing. And then it kind of like they disappear, and they're, they are like. Someone I heard said, like, are they just the Allman brothers of our generation now? Like, they just keep playing and and doing albums and doing shows, and and they just are that. I don't know what they are right now. Yeah, I, I feel exactly the same. But I was, I'm on the wrong side of history in this one because I'm Nirvana first, which I also I think that's the, the right side of history. But I went... Uh, I went heavy Stone Temple Pilots at this time period, and I went heavy Soundgarden at this time period. Yeah. And um, 
I don't think there's anything wrong with the Soundgarden direction. I think Stone Temple Pilots probably like dropped the ball a little bit. Like I don't think the Stone Temple Pilots have. Well, hold on. There is some artistry in the Stone Temple. I think think the two brothers in the Stone Temple Pilots are doing amazing stuff songwriting wise, right? I'm not saying that they're not necessarily, but I don't think that they have what Pearl Jam has ultimately. You know, like the first Stone Temple Pilots record is not as good as is 10 and the second stone Stone temple pilots record is not as good as 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 verses as verses or five against one or whatever you call that record right yeah that's fair but like is that like then are you just like so pearl jam is the most uh commercial alternative band i mean they're the most i don't know that i even call them commercial because like where we come from i think commercial is like a a neg right like i think they're the most successful scotty c did you did you spin uh spin the jam back in the day or what Nah, not really not really my thing but i uh i think they're great actually i think they're like a just a fucking great band RB, what do you think of Pearl Jam? Uh, I I like the first two records. I definitely fell off, and they put out a million other ones that I am not familiar with at all. I like that they're <laughs> still a band, and yeah, uh, do. you know, I'm I, I I it's a good sound. I I I don't dislike them at all. I just lost connection with them. Here's what I would say to my Blotto co-hosts, and maybe to the listening audience. I think no code is a kind of indie record. Hmm. And I would suggest you go and give No Code a shot. Like, go go listen to those tunes. It, it It's weird. It's a little strange. It's What's your favorite song off No Code? Um, I like Fly a lot. I like... Jeez, um, I'd have to look at... Because I really... I consider it a record. You know, no, it's one no, of those things. That it's like not it like song it, yeah. by song. But... Um, and it's right around the era where they're working with Neil Young, which is my, it's probably my favorite uh, collab era of Pearl Jam. Like I used to think that Neil, when, when I was a teenager, I thought Neil Young ruined Pearl Jam. And then <laughs> I, I was like, oh wait, maybe Pearl Jam ruined Neil Young. Um, so I, I do really like, uh, I'm looking at the track listing right now. I do really like Hail Hail. I think that Off He Goes is a great song. Habit is like, Lucan is a really rocking, like fast tune. Um, so yeah, No Code's got a lot of weird, like not weird in a trying to be avant-garde way, but like weird indie, like raw not Pearl sort Jam. of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little more raw, and I think that that's great for that band who came out of like a scene that was pretty punk, you know. And they're like, I mean, Pearl Jam is a band that checks like Fugazi and things that I think a bunch exactly. of us love, and so I give them a bunch of credit. And and they also are crossing over with the Beatles. Like Pearl Jam are also operating. Like I always think there's like. Oh, there's every popular band I like, or a big band has got to have a picture with Paul McCartney. But like Eddie Vedder probably has Paul McCartney's number like in his phone. Like I think that Paul McCartney doesn't, Eddie Vedder doesn't have any issue getting sort of Paul McCartney on the line. But um, Pearl Jam covers the Beatles a ton. They've played like nine or ten like consistent tunes like consistently through their career. 
Um, and very recently on the death of the queen, uh, Eddie Vedder played her majesty, just diddled that out on, on, on guitar. And, um, he claims that he was also punched by Paul McCartney in the face, which is also a pretty good sort of celeb That's interaction. He said that he was hanging out in a bar in Seattle and talking to Paul McCartney and Paul McCartney was sort of like holding court and telling an animated story about how he had punched someone. And in doing that, he threw a fist out and, and banged Eddie Vedder in the face. And Eddie Vedder claims it was a real punch and uh, he felt it and it drew a little blood and, and sort of, um, he was punched by Paul McCartney. So I, I feel like that's pretty good. I don't think, I, I don't think that uh, Dave Grohl can claim he was punched by Eddie, by uh, Paul McCartney. So. Wow. Something to that. And that's, so that's who, the, who Beatles the Beatles are. are. <laughs> yeah. 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 So we're going to dive into uh, this week's pick, but before we get there, we have a moment where Scotty whispers to the listening audience this week's magical mystery word, the word that if any of us say we have to stop the podcast immediately, take a drink, so we will all lift off our headphones while Scotty whispers this week's magical mystery word. Insecure. So that's this week's magical mystery word. And uh, Scotty, without further ado, why don't you get us into this week's track? All right. In the pick. <laughs> this week's pick um, is I Want to Tell You Ooh. off of Revolver. Just tell us, Scotty. Like, if you want to, you yeah. can tell us. Well, I, I, I do want to tell you. I want to okay. tell you. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, so, go ahead. So, um, go ahead. It's called, uh, I, the title of the track is I Want to Tell You. Oh. That's, that's, I know it's a little confusion. Sorry. I should Wait, have been who's more on clear. first? Yeah. <laughs> you want to do this? <laughs> nope. nope, nope, nope. I don't think I can. Um, <laughs> anyways, as a... Someone call a doctor. Yeah. Dr. Robert. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's good. Um, this is a George song, um, and on Revolver, I don't know if we've spoken this, but um, George has three songs on this record. Yeah, Which is the most he's has on any record by the Beatles, other than the double album that they that we all call the White Album. Was it called the White Album, or is it was it called the White? It's album? Just the Beatles. It's called the it's Beatles. Just the Beatles. It's a self titled double EP. Yeah, it's a self titled. Anyways, um, you've never seen the cover of the record. It's just totally white. It's just white. Yeah, I that'll mean, clear things up for you. <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you. Mine's not very white anymore, but uh, yeah, yeah, I won't tell you why. Um, <laughs> the off white album. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah the beatles cool... beige <laughs> <laughs> this uh <Boba> shot truce the <laughs> uh, this george song has a fade in which which i love that's cool um i'm yeah. always curious what how long he was doing it before you know yeah, it's, like, it yeah. seems a little you know. weird that they faded it in yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like it needs it to be. Doesn't need to. In. Yeah, maybe played it poorly for the first few bars, but that take was the take or something. Yeah. Anyways, uh, that 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 really simple but really effective guitar lick. Um, it's not flashy or fancy. It really sets the bass for the song, and then they come in with you know Ringo snapping the snare and just a really solid tune, some great piano playing and. 
really weird dissonant note in there. I'm sure we'll get to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think John just plays tambourine on this song. Tambourine. And the vocals are great, though. Those, those, I think they did them all together too, which is really banging. Um, so, I mean, I always really like this song, and it's got like a a weird vocal thing that's got this like shyness that I always kind of related to. Um, but recently read, very recently read, that maybe it was like sexually shy which i never really took at all because i didn't know the lingo or whatever um but we can discuss that as well i i i I always took it as like you see or meet some person that you have interest in and you're kind of can't express yourself the way you want to and so i can totally relate to that um and uh i don't know i mean it's a strange kind of tune, but it's got a good vibe on the record, and I, I would love to listen to it so we can we can get to I was this too. Goosen. Right before so we I, get I, into it, what is the last Revolver song that we did? Was, was it, it Tomorrow uh, Never Knows? Tomorrow Never Knows, I believe, yeah. Yeah, so a big one. But that was That's even a while back. Ago. That was a while back. Yeah. So we're, we're going to hit pause ourselves. We're going to listen to the tune. We recommend to you, the listening audience, you hit pause on this podcast Maybe you drop a needle. Maybe you go to a streaming service of your choice. You listen to, I want to tell you, from the UK Revolver record, um, whether it's that, you know, early compressed CD version, whether it's the the 2000s remaster or the brand new deluxe remix. Let's all listen to. I you should listen to, to that you. one. We'll, yeah, the, we'll yeah, come yeah, back here. In, with a we'll, we'll come back here in a few minutes. All right. See you then. So I want to tell you uh, from the Revolver record, I, I I do think, right, this is the first song from a Revolver we've talked about since the deluxe version came out, yeah. um, which, which gives us a little more insight into approach and process and, and all those things, and, and maybe a little less with this song, but... You know, this isn't like a thesis or anything, but I this is my feeling coming into this one. It, it's funny that for a song with lyrics about how you, you it's hard to accurately communicate things with words. Um I'm really having trouble finding the words for how to describe why I like this song. Hmm. You know, like it's it, uh, I do love this tune. I think it's great. And and the more I listened to it, and I was like, it's great. And it's like, I I just really struggled to describe why. And I'm so fascinated to hear from everyone else as to like, what is it about this song that makes it a great tune? This is a classic host move of uh, backing off and being like, all right, you do the work and I'll judge it. 
I did this on You are I welcome. Did, did this last episode. I know I know it very well. I know this power <laughs> move very, very well. <laughs> no, no, I know exactly what you're talking about here, and I'm I'm joking about it only only a little bit in that this seems like a very powerful song on Revolver, and I don't think we could deal with Revolver without it. Like I think it absolutely belongs. I think uh, Scotty C said at the top of the episode that George has has three big songs on this record that I I love all of them. This is probably my least favorite of them, but that's still saying that it's like a really big Harrison track for me. I I, I love what's going on here. Something. Wait, are you ha- saying it's it's your least favorite Revolver song? No, no, it's my least favorite of the the three Harrison tracks. Like this. Oh, is, got it. This is probably my my least favorite, but even so, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, which still makes it makes it really big. Um, <clears throat> but when you break down even the instrumentation or the work they put on it, this sounds so much more epic and mysterious than than maybe it really is. Because then you realize, oh, they're they're tracking this with um, um, what's the McCartney song that comes right after this? Uh, Got to get tuned in my life. Get yeah, and and that tune is getting so much more effort. Than, than what's going on here, but this song is is exactly on the uh, on the level a, almost, you know. There's a Jeff Emmerich line about him from these sessions saying like George got less time than the than John and Paul in he his recording time. Like they'd be like, fine, we're gonna give you three songs, but you get five takes or whatever it is. Like it, he didn't get the the expansive like. Um, extemporaneous version yeah. of what a, a John and Paul song. There's for. George Martin reusing tape and things like that, where maybe he wouldn't have done that on on a, a John or Paul song um, as part of this. And and okay, but maybe he hadn't come to the table yet and sort of proven himself, and and people were thinking about him differently. But I like that everyone is here and generally showing up and participating in this song, right? Like everyone is doing a solid job. And if that means that John is deciding that he's just going to play the tambourine or if that's where he fits in this tune, I think that I, I applaud that in its own way. But I also think what would the song have meant if John did pick up his guitar or if everyone thought that maybe it got another day of considering sort of horns or secondary sort of whatever i don't i don't know that it even needs horns but that's secondary sort of uh beatles george martin uh stew that happens uh yeah, it's sort it's of it's a very know, it's a very stripped down arrangement like when you, when, you, yeah. when you listen to like the basic track it's so mccartney plays the piano part but then mccartney also overdubbed his bass part and then you hear that john or space overdub right yeah this yeah, yeah this, that's right this is the first time that paul overdubbed his bass on top of the track that they had already done, which they did a bunch later on. But uh, it's, it's weird to me that like, why, like, uh, why didn't John like want to play the piano? It's not a hard piano part, really. It's, it's, it's plunking chords on like quarter notes, basically. Like he's capable of doing that. Um, (laughs) I don't know. It seems weird. Like why wouldn't they want to play this as a whole band? Like, and not, and 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 I I can see it a little bit as like the beginning of using the studio, right? Mm-hmm. Like and being like, we know that this is the core of the tune right here, the the uh, the guitar that 
George is playing the drums, obviously. Paul already has his piano part figured out. Cool. Wait, who's John who's, who's Hold on. Who's playing the drums, obviously? Ringo. Is that what I said? No, it's not what you said. <laughs> what did I say? You said George. I said George. I said said the drums are happening. All right. Ringo's playing. <laughs> right? Did Ringo is absolutely playing the drums. <laughs> no, 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 it's great for the pod, but I just want to <laughs> yeah, make sure yeah, right. that we're on the same right. level, right? Ringo yeah, yeah, is yeah. playing drums so, on this track. Ring, Ringo's playing the drums on the track, yeah. Cool. Very then obviously. I was, yeah. What, I was, what I was trying to say is then George, may, and maybe those got melted together, cool. George is playing this sick lead uh, guitar part. You've got Paul doing this kind of rhythmic piano and then John's playing the like, all right, you guys have this go. I'll figure out what I'm gonna do later when we're doing these overdubs. And then maybe yeah, they yeah. realize he never needs anything musically on it besides the tambourine he's doing. Like, I'll oh, I'll find my guitar part later, and then no, it's not needed, right? I don't yeah, know. The, I mean... the guitar the only guitar part in there is that one riff. That, mm-hmm. that comes back a bunch of times throughout the song. And that's and, my point, right? Like that once they're listening back, John is maybe like, I don't need to do anything else. Like I was going to lay down an overdub, but this is all there. Yeah. Like we, do you think, we don't need me doing a rhythm track on this. Do you think, I mean, I'm just wondering like, why is Paul on the piano? Why isn't he playing bass? Like what? Not that I mean, he's can play the piano beautifully, but did he maybe hijack it? Huh? That's an interesting and, one. And be like, now jo- now George isn't playing any chords in the song. He's not playing at all, really, other than this. I think it's at this point in the Beatles' history, they're jamming on the tunes in the studio, and this is the way it sounded good. I was and surprised. Like, let's, lay, let's lay this down the way it sounds. But it what sounds. other ways did they try? Um, that's, we, that's a great question, right? Because we don't get that on this revolver thing. Like I was hoping for. Yeah, we, we get almost like more. a false start. Like yeah, there's a bunch of studio chatter and they, they start playing the track and then they're like, they stop. And like, that's yeah. all we yeah, get. All we get is John yelling at George for not having a name. to uh, yeah. the tune yet, right? <laughs> Exactly. I, yeah. And that's, I was surprised that the piano was not an overdub for me. Like at this point in the Beatles world, like I would have thought that this, that was a little bit of an add on and maybe even like a George Martiny thing or whatever. And I know he, we we're here and it's like, Oh, this is this is a weird part. This is the dissonant thing that everyone's talking about. So, yeah. so without the piano, this isn't a song. <laughs> like, yeah, the the piano really hold it. It ties the whole room together. Like, it's it's not. If if it weren't for that, like, there's nothing else really. Like, the bass is obviously following the piano track for the most part, with a little bounce to it. With the boom, 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 boom. But like, he's just plunking out chords and the. The chords are are weird too. Uh I guess I guess I'll get into that. So I wanted yeah, I wanted to ask you about this. Go ahead. I wanted to But it, but but before you, and I, I do want to talk about that, but before the, like is this the first time that they've then decided that the piano is going to take that before like the guitar? Like It's the first or, time they've overdubbed a bass is the sure. like you know that that Paul's like I'm, I'm gonna do this, and then, which is musically like rock and roll wise a little strange, right? Because the rhythm section, the thing that is supposed to hold the the ground of a rock and roll band is the bass and the drums together, right? And 
this idea that we're going to do everything else and then throw the base on top so Paul can kind of be Paul is a really new experience for a rock and roll band. Tell us about these chords then. <laughs> well, I, I want to talk about the, the, the form is weird. So where, where the chords change on the beat is strange. And I think it's, it's not, I think it's meant to be a little bit disorienting. Like you're used to hearing things in groups of fours and groups, you know, like fours and eights and whatever. The verse is 11 bars long, which is strange. And then like, so it starts off on an A. Which RB, I'm going to stop you right there just only because common nomenclature is 12 bar blues. Yes. Right. Like, uh-huh. And that, that is the, the, the common language of the way like blues works that bled into rock and roll. And so now you've got this 11 bar measure, which is like you're saying a little disorienting so go ahead sorry yeah so not only that but so it 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 hangs on each of these chords for a period of time right so it's like the beginning of the verse is it starts out i'm gonna grab my guitar so that i can demonstrate so it's a, a couple bars of a it's it's really three and a half bars of a so it's I want to tell you My head is filled This is bar three Filled with things to say So things is on beat three Of the third measure So he's It's almost like A half So it's like Two and a half bars of A And then one and a half bars of B And then eight bars Of this We get this dissonant e, It's an E7 chord but it has a, a flat nine. Has a flat nine in there. And it hangs there forever. And like four bars feels is so far the longest that any chord has hung out on. And it's it's this tension chord. When you hear it just hangs here, right? All those words they seem to stickle. So it's it's we it's so it's weird where where in the beat the 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 changes happen, but then it like it lingers on this dissonance and it just hangs there, where it kind of just makes you feel uncomfortable. Where the piano's going the piano 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 piano, and it's up in the mix, it's right in your face, and it's it's hanging on this dissonance, which is like a five chord uh, with a flat nine. Which just kind of like it's almost like just digging into you, like uh, and then it and then it goes into the riff again, which is kind of like the resolution of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when it gets to the middle eight, uh, well, I, even 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 to talk about the tonality of the chords that that change to you, the 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 riff itself, it's kind of. It's it's in A basically, but then the second chord, it goes up to the the two seven chord, which is a B seven, to that to that uh, five seven chord. So it's there's three there's no there's no uh, you know when you think of the blues you think of a one four five. There's no four chord in the song at all. Um, 
and there's this two chord which feels feels weird as well but then the when it goes to the 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 middle eight here it goes to to b minor which is is the i guess the two minor of of the of a and then it goes to a b diminished chord so So there is there is a little uh, guide tone like a chromatic line that goes down from the. But if that seems to act unkind, it's only me. It's not my mind. And then it goes back to that diminished chord again. That is confusing things. So the 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 bass note is only playing A and B. But he's playing all the tonalities of B. So you get a B minor, you get a B diminished, you get a B7. Wow. And Paul's just riding that B. Yeah. And B, it's, just, it's, just, it's, it's that kind of uh, drone thing that happens that he loves to do. Um, it, but it's, it's very uh, tonally disorienting. But at the same time, there's this like little chromatic line that this guide tone that kind of like ties it together it's 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 very strange but and you're saying that that's like the riff is what you're saying uh no it's totally no no right? the, i'm saying that in the in the chord changes from b minor to b diminished to a to b7 there's a there's a chromatic line that falls uh that's it it's only me it's not my yes. mind yes sure. gotcha but whenever and we it, take it, this and and dive into it like this do we think this is on purpose? Do we think this is like the songwriter way that that they know to put this together and it's just sort of I think, working? I think that, and then they I think all that work chromatic... around it. Like George brings a song in and then they're like, all right, this is we're gonna like play around this in a weird way that it's not like Paul calls this like regularly irregular and they decide to like play sort of around it a bit. I mean, is that it's definitely irregular. I, I would say <laughs> that for sure. An eleven bar uh, verse is certainly irregular and and throwing a a minor and a diminished and a seven of the same root note in in one well, section. I love the way the too. verses hang on the chords too. In like it, it's not twelve bar; it's eleven bars, which you would think is shorter, but it feels like a long time that we're hanging around on chords. It's longer than it should be, and and then you get Paul when he, he is overdubbing this bass, just like pounding through bass notes rhythmically like lining up with Ringo yeah you know that like, there's a there's Ringo's a quarter note slapping that snare drum like you've never heard that snare drum slap I love that right? part like, I, I think that part Ringo's part of his playing on that snare in the early like it feels so modern to me it makes this song feel yeah. like very contemporary or something to me the way that he's playing that that beginning Oops. part there's yeah. another there, so there's it's a very quarter note heavy rhythm section in this, but the guitar riff itself yeah. is very triplety. So you get this kind of three over two kind of polyrhythm thing going on because it's like yeah yeah I hear that. So it's like do 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 one two three one two three like this triplet triplet over over what's going da 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 da. So it's like a 
I don't know. It's it's a kind of a weird little little polyrhythm thing that, that, that and it that that kind of thing comes back throughout. Like it's it's the punctuation at the end of the it's the intro. It's the 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 kind of uh at the end of each verse and then it's the whole outro it, like that that riff just keeps coming back and that's yeah. the only thing that the electric guitar plays in this entire song i th- i do think ringo really shines on george songs and i think because uh-huh. he's really recognizing like his friend you know uh-huh. like he he knows george is like th- th- there's this mccartney lennon thing and and like not to say Ringo is slagging on any McCartney Lennon stuff, but like he pushes a little harder to make a George song sound awesome. I really like you said you had no thesis at the top of the show, but I like this thesis right now that I want to just came up with it. <laughs> I want there's there's some I want to really continue good... exploring this as a through line. I I don't there's... know that I agree with it or not yet, but I want to keep it going. You know. There, there's a Got good it. amount. Remember this amount, uh, through line. All right. <laughs> there's a good amount Come of on. overdubbed uh, ox percussion on this too. There's some. There's, well, and I, I also think maracas. like there's a reciprocation. There's... If I'm going to continue on a thesis I just made up. All right. That, <laughs> take it. Take uh, it. Take it easy. <laughs> yeah. That, that, like, You're going double jo- thesis. What George does double. in Octopus's Garden. Yeah. Is like <laughs> a reciprocation of this of like. You think, no, a, I'm, I'm gonna, you think the I'm Beatles have? You you're, you're accusing the Beatles of uh, quid pro quo? <laughs> <laughs> no, there, there was no quid pro quo. There was no quid pro quo. Is there is there any version of this just with George playing it on guitar, or sort of like? I looked, I couldn't find yeah, anything. That's, so that's I what I'm saying. To, like, I wanted did, to. Did George come in with like these chords, maybe in the? Yeah, in the count that RB was just sharing with us, but did maybe Paul add that dissonant sort of F over the E seven with the, the piano with part? The you're piano. saying I I yeah. heard I heard that that George came up with that okay. dissonance to represent uh that that kind of struggle and 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 sort of like because because I've heard that this this was this was an exper- this was based on having taken LSD and having all these Well, that Russian... comes into the lyrical component of it, right? Like, is it like, I hadn't heard this as an LSD song, right? Like, I, I, I'd kind of heard it as relationships one, one of two ways. Like, you can take it as like a kind of classic Beatles song of like, I'm trying to get with someone who we're, we're, we're not meeting. That's like early Beatles lyrically. And then there's like a little bit of like relationship where maybe not romantic relationship. It's more like connecting with another person, a peer in like, you're talking about a scene and, and there there's like a little more sinister element there. It's almost like a more positively fourth street, like, vibe to this song if you look at it as just someone in your scene someone hanging at the bar with you at the same time you are that like you know what they're doing they know what you're doing like um that you can't understand where they're coming from and 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 this whole thing and like so i before i read about the lsd component those were the things i wondered about like romantic relationship or kind of like social 
status. I, I'm interested in what you guys thought coming into this one. I give it probably a little bit more kindness or sort of naivete than than you're giving it. Like sort of that world of like maybe that anxiety of talking to a woman or or, or all of that or sort yeah, of like yeah. the new relationship vibe and like if this is if this is about Patty, you know, like that. You know, well, it's almost like, do you want to know a secret or something in some yeah, way? Yeah, right? it, it's a little bit more coy than you think that George would be playing, like in '66, like at his like power of being a beetle, like sort of being shy around a woman or any of that. Like, it's not, it's way less cute to me than like the sort of that Beatles vibe, like in the the earlier tunes, you know. But maybe that's here. But I think it's also mixed up with teasing with drugs. It's teasing with sort of like Eastern philosophy type stuff. Like I think it's yeah. all in the mix of it, which which makes a good song, you know. But it also it it shows like sort of an early songwriting maturity here. I think in a way where you're like, oh, you know, this is not the top of its game, but you see that it's sort of getting there, you know. Well, I, I did think about RB. A lot in this song because he goes, I want to tell you. And I thought about RB when you were talking about, do you want to know a secret? And as soon as George says the word tell, it it was something about the way he said the word. And I was like, oh, does that come? Did RB's do you want to know a secret mentality come from? I want to tell you, like that. Mm. There was a weird connection I, there, yeah, you can, and I, there's the romanticism. Tell you there. is a funny, like there is just a funny thing where it's like this is early, also like George Harrison just accent stuff that we hear less way later. Like he plays this in '91, um, the live in Japan yes. record with the Eric Clapton band, yeah, and his yeah, intonation yeah. becomes like is almost it's, it's almost like his all things must pass intonation. Like there is like yeah, this yeah, yeah. early George However, Harrison and the later George Harrison accentation. Um, that here is it's so heavy in in yeah can you imagine though if you walked into a stadium right now and george harrison walks out and this is the first song he plays that's you are you are fucking hooked like you are in like we saw paul mccartney play was it can't buy me love was the first song he played I don't remember. Whatever it was when we saw McCartney. <laughs> it's, it's the same idea. Like, this, like you are lifted. You are lifted by this, like, yeah, but this even... icon playing a song that means something. Like, I would be thrown by that. Yeah. It, it's funny yeah. to listen to that. That uh, I listened to that live uh, version today. And there's there's some, like, different arrangement things that happen. Like, there's some, like, little solos yeah there's yeah, guitar lets, solo in the song he, he lets clapton like take it for a walk around the block like a couple of yeah times. yeah yeah <laughs> like just like weird like offbeat hits that aren't in the song like and you know tons more guitar than just that riff for sure <laughs> yeah. um but yeah like his his uh his pronunciation and the way he sings has definitely changed uh you know like yeah. i think I, I said about about some of those early george songs like he just doesn't sounds like he doesn't know what to do with his mouth it's like <laughs> i want to tell you like like yeah, is my tongue yeah. supposed to be here is it supposed to be here yeah it's supposed to be back in my throat like uh he's and you know they're probably all learning how because like how you sing live is going to also be different than maybe how how it comes out on a record like you have to like pronounce things differently and it's not natural and and strange 
Um, well, but then they yeah. come through in a big time way and, and sort of, this is where, I mean, everyone is participating here, but we were like the backup vocals here are clearly like a huge, huge piece of this track. Right. Absolutely. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, we, we talked about, we talked about David Crosby at the beginning of this and, uh, like I feel like, like I think this reminds do. me of Crosby. Like this is like a, a three. Anytime I hear three part harmony, I'm like, oh, this sounds like Crosby, Stills and Nash. Yeah, but like Scotty, you, Scotty, you were just saying it reminded you of something. What is it? I have no idea what I was saying. All right, good, good talk. <laughs> <laughs> the George Martin of New England executive producer Scotty C. All I know is we ain't got time for George songs. <laughs> well, okay. Speak, I've speaking, got time. I feel hung up. George. I don't know why. I don't know why. Can, can can we talk about George songs for a minute? Because did you know that George originally introduced uh, to the Beatles as his third track for a Revolver? Isn't it oh, yeah. a pity? I know. <laughs> I read that. I was blown away by that. I had no idea. Me he too. Had it so early, yeah. And. I love that song. Oh, but of course. I, I hope I, us I, as a podcast love that song. Right? Yeah. Hot, hot take. <laughs> love that song. Yeah. But I do think I want to tell you is a better fit for Revolver. I think I, they made the right call. I well, mean, it's hard to know like what was, what, what situation isn't it a pity was in at the, at the time, right? Like, what are we, what are we poo pooing really? You know, but um, yeah, of course. I'm not poo-pooing. Hey, don't say poo-poo when you're talking. It's funny because but... that that isn't it a pity? Like he brought he brought that to the band a bunch of times because I think he I didn't that come up in the Get Back documentary. Yeah, it didn't let it be for sure. So like he he was like still trying to sell this on the Beatles, and they're like, nah, it's pass. <laughs> it's so good he did it twice on All Things My Fast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> This is my 1966 version that I, yeah. that the Beatles passed on, and this is the 1969 version that the Beatles passed on. Uh, you guys want to talk lyrics a little bit? Yeah, I do. I think there's on a, this one a, a, a ton of this tune, in, and you sort of yeah, just so dipped into it. But it's like it's only me. It's not my mind that is confusing things. Is the one I I get hung up on. All the time. Um, I don't get that. Either. It's so it's so interesting, and I I try and like dig into what that means. It's only me. It's not my mind. And like my original intention is like George has got that backwards, because my mind is the one that's going to confuse things. Like when you're talking about me, that is like body, mind, and soul. That that is the full package. Well, yeah. So, well, I think uh, I'll just say what I think quickly. Yeah. I think it's only me. Like I have my faults, but not my mind. Like if I think clearly and I take time to, yeah. to kind of think about this without the the nervousness or the anxiety of the moment, my mind is clear, but that anxiety is overtaking what my mind thinks in the moment. So that it's just me. That's a really good point, man. Well, and so like Ian Mc, Ian McDonald says that, like that's very Eastern. What George says is like this idea of like me and mind is like a, a a very Eastern philosophy. But George Harrison later says, with hindsight, like 
he thought they should actually be reversed. Uh, he was like, the mind is the thing that hops about telling us uh, to do this and that when what we need is to lose and forget the mind. And so I think it could, I, I think Scotty, to your point, it, it could really go either way because totally. I think like all, I think this is very Eastern. It, it's very Indian. It's very Hindu at the end of the day. Like uh, it, it, it's a fluid thing between the idea of what is real in front of you, what is thought, what is faith, what is like uh, illusion. Like those are all huge ideas that, you know, we're, we're all trying to uncover. So like the idea that I don't have an answer, we don't have an answer makes a lot of sense to me because that's Very George. The, maybe the point it's maybe the point, you <laughs> yeah. know, you, you don't get to the answer. Right. And it's very like George at this time period like i don't think he remotely has the answers yet and that's why it's way easier to talk about it later or to say like oh i meant it this way or i want to think about it because they're all playing with these these themes right like george sort of says on tomorrow never knows that john didn't really know what he was talking about yet you know like maybe he was touching on something but he didn't know he was touching on it yet and so i think there's a lot of that in this this george tune here where if, if you strip it down it's it's about Patty or it's about a woman, or if you want to apply some sort of, uh, storefront, you know, sort of religion to it, then it is about sort of Eastern philosophy stuff. Um, or it's also about him, like ripping off the Rolling Stones. Like, I think <laughs> well, there's, there's a real that? part of oh, this. Oh, wait, where's that? Where's that? Talk, <laughs> talk about that. I think in the, I'll make you maybe next time around where I'm like, Oh, I've, I've always been a little unsure about this line where you're like, Oh, okay. I'll make you maybe next time around. Like this is a sex thing. I'll make you like that. I didn't always know that that's exactly what it meant, but like, uh, to make you is, is, is like a sex thing. And I was like, Oh, all right. You know, it's, well, it's funny. This was my, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my my today uh recognition doing like the, the the deep deep beatles research i do like so if this song is about lsd which i'd never really considered like if it's about like new drugs and new expansions of your mind and everything is i'll make you more about that like let's let's get there together i think in the world of celebrating the riff like it's it's definitive it's in a, a couple of riff. the covers, but I think it's also very definitive in that uh, we talked about during the Day Tripper episode, but Hendrix covers Day Tripper. Um, but at the beginning of Day Tripper, he plays it like this. Oh, wow. So that's his live at the BBC version where, uh, and I don't know what's cut together and what's not, but clearly he's sort of warming up with this as a riff and we haven't talked about it yet and we talked about the fade in and 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 all of that but i want to talk about that there's some similarity here right is it is it just in the fade in is it just in the riff like what is what's making me think about about day tripper well what what about the the fade in is isn't that not so there's a day tripper day tripper doesn't fade in Eight like days eight, a week yeah, days day week. tripper does not fade in. It's the other one with ding. Eight, 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 eight days a week fade. Yeah. yeah, that's eight days a week. But 
the so two I want to tell you there's a fade in and a fade out. I'm telling you it's to pull off, but whatever. There's a fade in and a fade out. And there's like a circular uh <laughs> logic or narrative to this song. I, I know I like George is starting to uncover Eastern philosophy, he's starting to un- uncover Hinduism, he's starting to uncover this idea of like perhaps reincarnation and like all of these things like fade in, fade out. And when you fade out, it fades back in. There's like circular nature to these things that I don't know, like, is that what he's considering that, that I want to express in this moment? Yeah. I mean, it it definitely, the, the, that, that first uh, downbeat of the riff is a holdover from the previous measure. So it, and yeah. and that previous measure is the is three is like three triplets. And it, it almost feels like that should be a downbeat, but it's the third or this yeah, this whatever, the sixth triplet in the bar. It, it doesn't it doesn't line up with a with a quarter note. Yeah. Uh and and I guess I guess to fade that in, there is no beginning, there is no end. It's a circular, right? Exactly, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly it's... what I'm poorly expressing. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to sitting, thinking about where this sits on Revolver, like, is it weirdly sequenced? Is it suffering from sitting between? Dr. Roberts and the, got to get you into my life. Like, is there well the weird thing is, is there is too much late. sameness in this? This is with this the is sort of a piano. Like, I I do think that this is a great song, and 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 hopefully I'll represent that in ranking. But like, it it belongs on Revolver, and I would be bummed if it wasn't there. Do you like Taxman better? Yeah, I do. I don't. But I mean, like I can clearly skip the, the, the facial expression. <laughs> You skipped the first song off Revolver. <laughs> I mean, I could. <laughs> You're like, all right, I'm going to put this record on. Skip the first song. I don't want to hear rich people talk about the tax man. I'm like, go fuck yourself, dude. <laughs> we'll get to oh, oh, man. I like this take. I can't wait to get the tax man now. This is great. I mean, the, Revolver has a very... I mean, if you if you take this as a as an LSD song, you, yeah. it pre- Dr. Robert precedes it. Yeah. And and uh, got to get you, you into yeah. my life. McCartney has said it's like an ode to weed. So this is a very and then you get tomorrow never knows. This is a very druggy <laughs> outro to a record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is very true. That's a good way to put it. But I think it just sort of like it takes a little shine off this tune, which maybe doesn't have. And I hate to say it, like maybe all the corners aren't totally rounded off this song. The way they are about Dr. Roberts and the way, certainly the way they are about uh, Got to Get You Into My Life. Like that song is worked. It gets all of the time in the world to develop into a tune where it's like, oh, like would would a horn make this song different? Would like a different keyboard line make this interesting? Like and I do think it's interesting. Like I'm not oh, trying this song to say could use horns, not, but yeah. I think that's I could it use no, another this, guitar. This song could use like horns, I said, you know, and right. I think it's. If it were a McCartney Lennon, a Lennon McCartney song, this song would have horns. It would have yeah. a bunch more instrumentation on it. But it was quote unquote just a George Harrison. Song. So it has you know what I mean? like, tambourine it was, and three claps. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they did. They did five takes of this tune, and George chose take three. Take four, we hear in the deluxe version. And they didn't complete it. Where John is bitching at him about not having a title for the song. Yet. I think they did more takes than that, though. Like they just. They I think there's caping. only five takes of the song. I think some of them are false starts and things like that. Well, that's still a take, but I mean, yeah, I I thought they did more than ten, but um, but they ended well, up going with the th- third they, one or whatever because take, they kept getting yeah, worse. Regardless, at it. take yeah. three, take three is the the best take, and it's like it even more the truth, right? Like you do fifteen more, and they get worse. Like how much do does everyone care about this song? It's just a George song. It's a great tune, like you know what I mean. But like, it's George Harrison. But they did it that many times. If they did, like measuring up against John and Paul, measuring up against John and Paul, yeah. though, like Jeff Emmerich says, he believed when George Harrison brought a song, they had so many minutes right. to get the song done. They couldn't wait forever. They don't have time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they don't got time. Good one. <laughs> when 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 John when John and Paul brought Very a song, natural. it didn't matter. When George brought a song, they had a a stopwatch. And isn't there a version that someone walks into the where where George, like the George leader Martin's of like, EMI or whatever? Yeah, George Martin's like, who is at the door? And Paul's like, it was the commissioner. And I don't know who that is. I assume it was like the CEO of EMI and yeah. not like a, a bellboy said, or something I said like the that. Leader, so yeah. <laughs> But George Martin's like the commissioner is opening the door during like a recording session or whatever. So like, is there, is there not a red like light just, on that says "Do not yeah, enter"? Exactly. Like, someone's also just coming, coming in the door during a George Harrison song. Also seems like sounds like disrespectful. a George song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the commissioner's like, oh yeah, <laughs> sounds like yeah, a I George can tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're only making a it's, Beatles record. It's probably know, cool if I come in right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know I know we're getting to the end. It is hard to deny that this is where we start to see George Harrison as a true songwriter in the Beatles, like That's trying amazing. to measure up to like we we get a tax man, we get a love you too, we get this tune. He he's writing songs. He's got three. John has two, right? Is that is that the the truth? Like he has more songs than or maybe in the American release, whatever it is. Um, John was yeah. supposed to write one more song for Revolver, even on the UK release, and had nothing, and so that's where they get the third George Harrison song. So he's starting to effuse with material and with um, with ideas and, and all these things that he wants to talk about, and like, and he's got at least one more with "Isn't It a Pity," like we talked about. Like, he's got at least four. in the end, he's probably the best of them all. <laughs> yeah, right, like. He's, he he dude has ideas. He's a songwriter, and oh yeah, he's showing up here in a big way. Like clearly, yeah. there's there's no doubt. I mean, I think where this podcast stands and, and what we believe in, like this is a true moment for for all of us, right? Like we think that what's what's happening here for the Beatles is is huge, right? And we think that what's happening yeah. for George is uh, is big and sort of. It, 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 is what's to come. Yeah, right. and I wish it carried more. You know, I wish that he got three more on every album, or at least, or whatever. But you know, exactly. we ended up with "All Things Must Pass," so whatever. 
Guys, I got to tell you a little bit. I feel a little spoiled. We just we just took a quick uh, quick pee break. All of us. Uh, I don't know who called it. I think Scotty C probably called it. But there's there's no shame. That's that's the sort of uh, egalitarianism of of the podcast. If anyone needs to pee, we we pee, and it is what it is. So, <clears throat> but I happen to have a bucket of fruit pies that came to us from from great listener and and hopefully that p stands for pie (laughs) (laughs) chris and and i i dove into one of these these apple pies and it is it is fantastic like i don't want to make you spectacular pie i don't want to make you too jealous about us these new orleans uh the hand pies it's almost some combination of like the hostess pie we grew up with and i don't mean that in a bad way and and, Mm. and like it's great pie and the McDonald's pie and it's it's sort of like oh, it's a really thick thick crust. So you got a crispy like sugary yep. crust. It's a but oh. like it's a real pie crust and like a really fantastic filling. And so we have a couple. I hope I see you guys in the next week or or so, and I'll pass Before you they expire. Or, if not, I'm uh, probably just going to keep eating. If I were them. not enjoying Bottle Beetles <laughs> responsibly, I would be in the car yeah. right now <laughs> to get up to Somerville. And I know, I know Tommy said that he's he's improving his diet this this year, so I will not give you one, Tommy. Like, you he's could not. Fruit in it. You could <laughs> not. Be. <laughs> yeah. If I showed up tonight, you wouldn't give me a pie? I mean, what you would have to ask. Ask three times to get a pie. <laughs> And answer then the, the answer things. these a riddles riddle. three yeah. to receive a <laughs> cry from me. <laughs> the correct answer was no. Oh, right. You don't get a pie, and I'd say you're a good friend. But a oh, pie, yeah. no, no. If you ask me twice for a bite of pie, I'm going to give it to you. I'm, I'm not. I'm not my brother's keeper. You guys met my brother a couple of episodes ago. I can only do. Yeah, you yeah. can only do so much. Guy, you yeah. know what I mean? We all we all have brothers. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Well, if I ask twice, that's when you say, Yoko, oh, no. <laughs> uh, so so anyways, thank you for sending fruit pies. And I encourage anyone who's ever considering us to 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 send a snack our way. or Send to, snacks. Send snacks. I'm send non-perishable them. snacks. To yeah, we, we need them to be non-perishable. For, yeah. We stopped because, asking for uh, booze sponsorships. Now we just want, like, snacks. We just want, want, people, want, yeah. some, want a couple of snacks. <laughs> I mean, booze snacks. is great, too. Yes, <laughs> but slain whiskey. If you are listening, I gave up. Now I just drink wine now from the cheapest shit I can get. You <laughs> do you? Do you guys think we've said all there is to say about "I want to tell you" from the Revolver record? I at this point, if I got any last jab at this song, and I, I, I honestly, yeah. I don't remember if I said it or not. Like. I, this song is essential to Revolver for me. Like I don't, I, did I yeah, say that? And I think that's I would true. miss it. It's not my favorite track on Revolver. It's not my favorite George track on Revolver. But like, this is essential. Oh, there's something here. Wait, what? I'm gonna pause you. What's your favorite George track on Revolver? Uh, only, is it Taxman? Love you too. It's Love you too. Yeah, yeah. This. Love you too. Really? Love you wow. too. Okay. Taxman. This. Wow. I think if okay. I had to rank them. Interesting. If I had to rank them. But I'm going to hold you to that when you rank the other two. <laughs> I hope you love me to it. Love you. Love oh, you to it. man. <laughs> that is hot. <laughs> Any, anyone else? Final words. Final words. Let's um, rank this thing. Yeah. I have, I've always really connected with this song, so I like it a lot. Yeah. But I'm, I don't really care right. where it ranks. I stopped caring about that. <laughs> <laughs> so with that said we're gonna dive into the big old list of beatles songs best to worst that we have running 
Uh, we are currently at episode 50. Is this 57? Wow. 57. So with that said, just a few highlights oh, on the, on the wall. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> a few highlights on the run down the list. We got number one. Happiness is a warm gun from the white album. Number 10, two of us from let it be number 20. Mother Nature's son from the white album. Number 30. Good day. Sunshine from this very record revolver. Oh, Number 40, All I Gotta Do, from With the Beatles. Um, number four, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where's it? Where's where Oh, number 50, Do You Wanna Know a Secret? Another George song from Please Please Me. Number 51, though, is A Taste, a taste of, of Honey. 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 Much sweeter than boys, which is the last pick. <laughs> number 55 also from Please Please Me. So l- let me start here. We're going to look at some Revolver tunes, guys, as a starting place. And I'm going to come in a little moving. hot here. <laughs> I'm going to say number 19 is where I'm putting the uh, the marker right now. Is this better or worse than For No One? A Paul song from Revolver. It's not. As it good. is Becker. Not what do you say about that? It's it is worse. worse than for no one. That's a that's a great great track. Yeah. Okay, so we're all there. If we if we continue to look down, like either Revol- Revolver or George tunes, we've got Good Day Sunshine at number thirty. I also think it is probably. Well, I don't know. What do we think about Good Day Sunshine? I'm going to say it's better than Good Day Sunshine right now. That clearly is Other- not the popular pod opinion, <laughs> I don't think, at this point. But yeah, yeah. Oh. I, uh, I mean, I think as a stance, as a psych song, as all everything that's going into it, everything we're excited about on the, the dissonance and the, and the backing vocals, like, it's better than Good Day Sunshine. Like, like I like it better than Good Day Sunshine, but is it better? Okay. I know what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, so ju- just for reference, Good Day Sunshine's at number 30. If I was to look down a little bit, if someone said it wasn't as good as Good Day Sunshine, the next George song is It's All Too Much from Yellow Submarine. I think it is better than It's All Too Much. Yeah. It's a better song than It's All Too Much. Yeah. So... Uh, you know, I, I I think we're all I'm seeing. And that's a real fun one. All, like that's a real fun one for me. It's a and it's a fun one I to talk a, about I had a great and, and all that. But like, that as a song, oh yeah, of course. So good day, sunshine. Um, Becker says better. Scotty says he likes it better, but he's not sure it's a better song, which is an interesting take. <laughs> RB, how do you feel about good day, sunshine versus? Um, I want to tell you. I think. I think I would probably put it below Good Day Sunshine for me okay. right now. All right. Okay. All right. All right. So we got 2 4. I'm going to say uh, it appears I'm the deciding factor. Right now I'm saying better than Good Day Sunshine. So we're going to we're going to start moving up the ranks here. Right. Whoa. Okay. How how far up the ranks are we willing to go? Considering that RB says below, is it better than I've just seen a face? No. I don't think so. Becker, I think it's better than I've just seen a face, but uh, I'll uh, 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 if I'm upvoted, I'm upvoted. I'm not gonna. 
right. Well, uh, here's what I think. This is the compromise right now. This is just above Good Day Sunshine. This is our new number 30. Hey, very solid. Just in between, I've just seen a face in Good Day Sunshine. We've good on got, you, Georgie. I want to tell you. Yeah, that's a good that's a good. And we haven't done any of the other George songs on Revolver, right? We haven't done Love You Too, and we haven't done Taxman. And we haven't done Taxman. Tax season is is coming up. Uh, And you know what else? And you should use H&R Block when you are considering your taxes and use special code Blotta Beetles. To pay and more, that will get you taxes. nothing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's an invalid code. <laughs> you have extra hey. to put disposable <laughs> income. Hey, hey, you want to hey, share use, it with hey, uh, use code four bros? Yeah. <laughs> hey, you guys. Hey, 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 you guys. What? Hey, hey, what? Did we get did, through this? Did Did we do it? Thank I God. think we did. Really, we somehow. Did we did it? We did, so it. did it. That was another episode of Blotto Beatles. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining us. I am Tommy. That was Becker. We are your co-hosts. We are joined, as always, on the ones and twos by the George Martin of New, New England. That's Scotty C. He's our executive producer. We are also joined by our musical supervisor, RB. That be as always, stands for Beatles. You can find us on all the socials at Blotto Beatles. Come follow, like, um, you know, engage <laughs> with us there. Also, you know, you can find this podcast on your podcast app of choice. We recommend that you please, please, please leave us a, a rating of your choice. We do prefer the five stars, but you give whatever <laughs> you want. You also leave a review. Maybe go on the uh, Beatles message board you talk about Blotto Beatles because we're a little fun that'd be great send um, us a pie we did not yeah yeah we did not hit this evening's <laughs> magical mystery word Scotty yeah what oh. was this evening's magical mystery I feel word? like I'm a, like kind of starting to be a failure at this I I picked no you're good man I picked insecure oh oh it's like I feel like one. Yeah. George is insecure with his songs yeah. bringing them he to is. the people I love it I felt like the song had some insecure sort of properties or uh, That's sentiments. Right. You're totally right. And nobody said that word at all. And I feel like sometimes Scott, I'm that that's way really or, thoughtful, yeah. though. I, I think it's very thoughtful. And I think it, it really matches with the song. And we could have gotten there easily. Just because we didn't get there tonight doesn't mean it's a bad match. I'm really it's insecure right so. now. <laughs> it sounds like you're feeling yeah. insecure about your pick. <laughs> My what? Would you, you say? You feel insecure about your, your pick? <laughs> <laughs> I thought he said Hey Did I tell him when I saw Everybody Saw, saw John Malkovich at the store the other day Did that come up in the pod No He was shopping for For fine cheeses Did And we? I walked by John Malkovich And we've been doing this John Malkovich bit for, bit for a while My peak Did you show and him I, chicken, I chickened out I didn't do anything oh. <laughs> I want to tell everyone That I was like oh, Hey what what Which cheese is like, are you going episode, to pick? We're going to have John Malkovich on the podcast as our guest. Next time you see him in the oh cheese aisle. Oh my goodness, it's going to be great. Please remember, please, please, please remember, this show is performed by absolute professionals. None of us are driving home tonight. We've had a couple drinks, so we are staying put. You should as well. If you've had a couple drinks with us, enjoy Blood Beatles responsibly responsibly my friends without further ado the only uh three words i have to say to you my friends have to say to you are these peace peace peace, peace. 
and, and love. Love. And love. Uh, peace and love. And peace and love. Peace. Love. Love. Thank you love. for hanging out with us. I want to tell you I feel hung up and I don't know why I don't mind I could wait forever I got time Sometimes I wish I knew you well And I could speak my mind And I tell you I'm